Kicks and Kicks is the only talk show that meets your sneaker and martial arts needs. I'm your host, Jacko, and today I'm here with politics student, kettlebell enthusiast, and big advocate of the carnival diet, Charlie, or better known as the Kettlebell Carnival. How you doing, buddy? I'm great, man. How you doing? No, I'm good, thank you. And thanks for agreeing to be on the show. It feels like it's been a long time coming. We've been talking about doing this for a long time. So, no, it's great to have you on. Thank you. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's been, it's been what, months in the making, probably. We've been talking about this for a long time. So I'm yeah. glad we're finally sitting down to do it. No, definitely. Um, so I'll, I'll just give a bit of background, basically, on how we know each other, just to build a bit of context before we start and get into like the real meat and potatoes, because we've known each other pretty much our uh, whole lives. No potatoes, actually. Yeah, just, just the meat. Um, just the meat for this guy over here. We'll say fish and potatoes for me. Um, so yeah, we, we've known each other pretty much our whole lives. Um, in primary, we're, we're in primary school together, secondary school, sixth form, um, and obviously after sixth form as well. Um, we weren't, we haven't always been in each other's immediate circles, but I'd say over the past year or two, um, we've you know got closer. We're mates now. He's helped me through a lot. I've learned a lot from him, um, and I, I don't want to speak for him, but I hope he's learned something from me as well. So. Um, and some of those things hopefully we'll be touching on today. Uh, but, yeah, no, I certainly, yeah. I certainly have learned a lot from you, mate. And uh, yeah, like you say, it's been, it's been, yeah, more or less our whole lives we've known each other. Um, I feel like we, we got closer during uh, kind of secondary school, sixth form type time, um, just because, I mean, we did, we were in a lot of the same classes. I mean, it was a pretty standard thing. But, uh, you know, it's been since we've kind of been growing up, uh, leaving school, doing our own stuff. I mean, you're, you know, you're obviously out in the real world, like an adult, I'm at uni. Um, but, you know, we're still, uh, yeah, much closer these days. No, definitely. Yeah, I think saying that is something I forgot. I think we were in all the same classes together, weren't we? More or less. Yeah, I mean, we, well, we did in the same form. Animals, didn't we? Yeah, so yeah. We, we were, yeah, we were together for a lot of that time. Yeah, uh, yeah so today uh, I thought we would just break it down into three, like, major sections. And obviously we can jump about if we need to. But uh, we'll, we'll touch on footwear. I know you're not a huge um, sort of sneaker hype beast but we'll go into some some footwear stuff regarding what sneakers you wear to train because I think you have a lot of value there to give so we'll we'll touch on that just quickly and then we'll just break down the name basically so we'll go into kettlebells um, and why you use them and then the most most exciting and the one I like the one I know least about is the the carnivore diet so we'll we'll say that till last um, so hopefully that sounds good so sneakers so I've, I've, I've mentioned it quite a few times, actually. You've got the rookie year ones. Is that the rookie year Jordan ones? Um, the brown yeah, ones, right? Yeah. Lovely, lovely shoe. And it pains me to see them getting destroyed in the Instagram money sessions. Constantly, um, when, when we were um, doing uh, doing workouts together, you're wearing them out there in, when we're doing kettlebells and stuff. So I just thought maybe if you could share your thought process behind why you wear those instead of, something really cushioned you know for training or for running or something like that so what's the thought process behind behind sure wearing? yeah well i mean i've had those shoes for several years now um that i mean to be honest they're the only sort of you know really high quality sneakers that i own um you know I, I saw them the first time and i i just loved them um and so at first you know i, I wore them for like fashion you know i wore them um with other kind of you know nice brands name clothes um but you know i was looking into getting a pair of maybe converse or something to lift in um, cause I'd been, you know, I'd done some research and I'd, uh, seen that a lot of kind of high level athletes, high level, uh, you know, weightlifting types, um, on Instagram and wherever else, 
um, more Converse and other kind of uh, shoes that don't have a lot of support. Um, they're fairly kind of bare bones. Um, there's no cushioning, like or very little cushioning in the sole of the shoe, um, which means that you know it's uh, it kind of it requires you to work those kind of more like the stabilizing muscles in your legs. Um, if you're doing, say, well, whatever it is, a deadlift or you know any kind of kettlebell exercise, um, you know, I've done, for example, kettlebell swings in uh, like a pair of ultra boosts. It's a completely different experience to you know. I mean, barefoot is ideal. I do it barefoot sometimes, um, but compared to those rookie of the years, um, like I say, completely different experience. Um, and you know, I find I find I get a little bit more uh, kind of knee pain, joint pain um, if I lift in uh, you know really cushioned shoes. Like I say, I have. A pair of ultra boosts and they're kind of my i don't know i, I run in them occasionally yeah um, sort of like your comfort the, shoe yeah yeah you're feeling, shoe, you're feeling a bit yeah, weak like, that day so you're like oh i'll just pro on the old memory foam shoes uh yeah no that's no it yeah, makes yeah, a lot no. of sense yeah sorry go yeah ahead. but uh, well all i was going to say is um yeah so i mean the main part the main reason i wear those shoes to work out in is i mean for one thing they look great but for another, um, they just have that very bare bones kind of structure. I mean, they just cover up your foot. That's about it. They don't offer you any support. They don't offer you anything. Um, it's just the look and the uh, practicality of it, basically. Yeah. Okay. And does that link at all to, because uh, you, you quite often wear jeans when you're working out as well. And I assume that's to sort of train yourself to be uncomfortable. Um, it's probably sort of drawing from the same idea. Is that, is that, does that link exactly into that or are there other reasons for that as well? Yeah, well, that's for a few reasons. So I like to train, um, I kind of switch it up. Sometimes I'll train in proper gym gear, like Nike tracksuits and that sort of thing. Uh, sometimes I'll train in, you know, just shorts, like topless, snowshoes, nothing else. Um, yeah, and sometimes rain. I'll train uh, yeah, <laughs> in the rain. Yeah, that's yeah. Um, And sometimes, like you say, I'll train in jeans and uh, those Jordans um, and like a, just a, like a polo t-shirt or something like that. Uh, and the reason for that is because, um, you know, I'm a big believer in, I mean, the term functional training gets banded about a lot, um, but I'm a big believer in training for real life, you know, and in real life, you find yourself in a situation where you need to use what you've been, you know, what you've been training. You're not going to be there in, you know, a nice cushioned pair of Adidas and, uh, you know, Nike shorts and a tank top. You're going to be, you're going to be wearing, I mean, I wear a lot of jeans. You're going to be wearing jeans. You're going to be wearing like regular shoes, um, be they trainers or, you know, something I wear Doc Martens, for example, quite often. Um, yeah. And you're not training, you know, most people don't train um, f for, you know, they don't, they don't train for those kind of real life situations. You see them there, they're in the, the, the Nike gear. Um, but as I say, I'm just a believer in the, in the kind of functional uh, side of things, you know. Yeah, I, I suppose even in a non-combat situation or non-emergency, like even if you're helping, you know, someone move house or your job involves, you know, heavy lifting or something you're never going to be uh you know in, in really comfy gear i think I, I said once as well uh i think there's a correlation between the amount of work someone puts in at the gym and and the amount of equipment they have and it's like a negative correlation i feel like you know you'll see a guy roll up in steel toe caps and a you know like a roofing company hoodie or something or a high vis and they'll you know outperform everyone in there so no i definitely sure. get what you're saying it, you don't obviously there's you need to avoid injury some people have like weird running gates and and things that they need to sort of account for but if you're normally healthy i don't see why you're you know in in the most comfy comfortable stuff and there's definitely even um research to prove that they those you know cushioned shoes and stuff actually do more damage than 
good in the long run because um, you know we weren't we weren't built to to be walking around in in things like that for me personally i use um nike free runs um and it's it's basically mm. a barefoot style um shoe uh so obviously when i'm i'm mostly training for martial arts so if i'm on the mats or if i'm in uh, a taekwondo class i'm going to be barefoot 90 percent of the time so for me it's it's about getting that barefoot feeling um as much as possible so i, I they're, they're mm. my they're my most worn shoe by far i've they're destroyed they're beaten into the ground i, I need to get a new pair <laughs> um, if i'm honest um, yeah well i mean you touched on there um just just very quickly the um you know the side of it that's about uh you know if you're a, if you're a healthy person um in general and you don't have any kind of special requirements you've got no excuse to not you know train for for real life you know because part yeah. of it i think you, you touched on this earlier but part of it is also overcoming um you know it's just it's just another you know another challenge to overcome because i mean already you're lifting the weights or you're running or whatever it is if you're doing that in jeans and like a shirt that adds to the challenge you know it becomes much more difficult you get so much more sweaty let me tell you you know i'm i'm walking out of there with like you know the biggest pit stains you've ever seen it's ridiculous um and you know but it's just another element of the challenge something else to overcome and when you overcome that the uh, reward is even greater no definitely yeah i, I totally agree um i think that in regards to equipment i think that's everything all the questions i've already got so if we'll, we'll move on to kettlebells so we spoke about the sneakers we'll move on to the kettlebells something that you've um infected i'd say probably everyone in the realm of possibility that you that you could um people that you don't like there's a you know I, I won't name names but there's people that i've spoken to who have started kettlebells just because of you like um, that you haven't even, you know, directly contacted. So you're definitely sort of introducing a lot of people to it, which is, um, which is a positive thing. Um, mm. So we'll, we'll talk about sort of the training schedule. So is it a kettlebell something you use every day? Yeah, every day. I take, I generally take one rest day a week uh, and that's usually Sunday. Um, just because I used to be one of these types that trained every single day. Um, and I have found, it's only been recently that I've decided to, you know, it, it have the discipline to take a rest day. Um, mm. And the, you know, the, the payoff for that has actually been noticeable. Um, but yeah, kettlebells every day. Um, I also, I mix in some body weight in there, um, just because again, in the interest of functional strength, that's a really valuable um, kind of uh, component to a workout. Um, and I'm also, I, I occasionally I'll use like resistance bands, um, because again, you know, just to switch it up, um, keep things, you know, keep things a challenge, keep things different. Um, but I really, you know, I, I steer clear generally of the dumbbells and the barbells um, just because, you know, a kettlebell, you can get everything you need out of a kettlebell. You know, mm -hmm. you don't you don't need anything else. But I, I, like I say, I add in the uh, primarily the, the body weight just because it's a very valuable skill to be able to move your own body around um, as well as being able to move around, you know, external objects. Yeah, yeah well, it could it could possibly even be life saving just being able to lift yourself up. Um, so sure. it's definitely something yeah, everyone. Yeah, some definitely something a lot of people need to be training um and you touched on something as well you um you said oh kettlebells you know they they train like with swings and stuff they train pretty much most of your body and i remember you said to one of our friends that if there was any exercise that you could recommend if he was just going to do one exercise every day or every week or whenever he was going to train that you would recommend them for, to be kettlebell swings and i think you said uh push-ups as well now I'm assuming yeah. the push-ups are added in because you don't you don't hit chest as much as the other 
um the other areas of the body but is that has your opinion changed on that would you still say it's it swings over everything else uh, yeah it is still swings over everything else um two-handed swing that's just such a i mean it's, it's effectively a full body exercise um and i mean i generally say um swings and dips um that's pavel satsuline i don't know if you know him um that's uh, kind of his recommendation and in my experience that really is the two most essential exercises you can do but if you don't have access to you know dip bars um a press-up is just as good you know uh, yeah. and most people generally find press-ups a little bit easier so that's, a, that's at least a good place to start um but the beauty of the kettlebell swing is it really is it's a genuinely full body exercise you know your legs are involved the pretty much the whole leg is involved back is involved shoulders arms you know it's, it's incredible what it does for your grip strength uh you know and this sort of thing stability muscles uh especially in the shoulders um yeah, it's an amazing exercise. No, yeah, definitely for stability because there's there's not many things you can do with a with a barbell where you're sort of controlling that force as it's coming down as well. Mm. I know you're supposed to yeah. sort of control it as it comes down as much as possible, but there's not that um, sort of uh, you know acceleration as you as you go down normally with a barbell, um, and and you know you're moving it away from your body and you're bending. Uh, you know different parts of your body as well so definitely it recruits a lot of different areas um yes. so i think you mentioned earlier the the word functional now this is funny because i wanted to bring this up and you sent me something yesterday about uh you know what is function what, what does functional mean um and i think mm -hmm. a lot of people sort of group functional in with you know it hit if an exercise is functional it hits multiple movement paths or planes of motion um, and it normally um, it normally mirrors a real life or sort of a practical movement that you're doing in your everyday life or in a you know in a sport or something like that. Um, but I I can't remember where where I read it, but I I saw something similar to what you sent me yesterday about how technically every exercise can be seen as functional because if you're training for a if you're training for a bicep curl competition, then a bicep curl is going to be the most functional thing you can do for that competition mm. or a bench press competition and i think me and you have both sort of uh you know we've laughed at uh you know bicep curls and 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 bench press before just because you know it, it doesn't really have much use and they seem to be the two main ones that people train at the gym especially when starting out uh so what what do you think functional means and what does functional mean to you well i mean just on that you know the bicep curl bench press issue um obviously i mean if you are stronger then you are better off and whether that's you know whether that strength comes from you know kettlebell swings or bicep curls you're still better off you're better than if you were doing nothing but generally i feel that you know something like a, a bicep curl again whilst it is useful to have um a stronger bicep um if that's very much an isolation exercise uh, therefore you you, you ne neglect say the forearm you neglect the shoulder, um, whereas something like a, a, a kettlebell swing, that hits, like that's, that's wrist, that's grip strength, that's forearm, that's bicep, tricep, and shoulder all at once, right? Therefore, there's going to be a, a fairly, um, what would you say? Like uh, the development of all those muscles, um, they'll kind of develop with each other rather than in, yeah. in isolation from each other, right? Um, therefore, yeah, I feel, maybe, I don't know if there's any science behind this, but this is just how I kind of view this subject. If you train your muscles to work together at the same time, then you will be, again, better off in real life because you'll be more used to um, recruiting multiple muscles at once. 
Whereas if you're just doing a bicep curl, that is effectively only recruiting one muscle and that's the bicep. Um, so it's, you know, it's training your body to understand what it feels like to use multiple different muscles and muscle groups at the same time. That's kind of what functional strength means to me. Okay. Cause yeah, I like what you said about them all working together. I think that's a good point because you can't, you can't get just big, strong arms just from training arms. You need, you need the full package. Um, so, uh, no, I, I definitely agree with that. Um, do you think that there are movements that are functional for everyone? Do you think that there's, um, cause for me, functional to me would be anything to do with jujitsu, anything to do with Taekwondo and just, um, to do with everyday life, things that would make my life easier or, you know, for longevity as well. So do you think what, what are those movements for you? And what, what do you think they are for the general public as well? Like what, what sort of exercises are we looking at for that? Well, I'm, I'm probably a pretty good example because I don't do, I mean, I do, um, you know, I do martial arts, but I haven't, I haven't been doing them in, uh, the last few months just because, um, you know, my classes haven't been on basically. Um, but, you know, I'm very much also looking for those kind of martial arts centric moves. Um, so, I mean, you know, that's things like Turkish get up, uh, swings are perfect as well, snatches with the kettlebell. But you know, outside of that, I very much am just a regular guy. Like I don't, I don't do very much heavy lifting. I don't have like a demanding job. Um, you know, I'm a student, you know, I'm, I'm a soft London student. So, uh, you know, yeah. um, so I, I really am just training for, um, I guess the extreme situations, um, either that or what you said, if I'm helping someone move house, move something heavy, you know, um, whatever it might be, just these kind of random situations you might find yourself in where you, it's, it's more useful for you to be strong or and I guess, situations where, where you need strength to survive, you know? I, I guess for the uh, mental benefit as well, probably that would be a big thing that's, for you as well. Oh, that's, a, that's huge. I'm sure we'll get onto that. But, um, yeah. you know, for the general, for the general person, um, moves that I would say are functional just for everyday life. The swing is number one. Um, just because that builds up, that really strengthens that posterior chain. So that's the, the spine and the area around the spine. Um, and everyone will benefit from that. I mean, you know, we're sitting at desk chairs um, as we are now at you know, higher levels than humans ever have in history. You know, human beings were not designed to sit at a desk for nine hours a day. You know, we're designed to move. We're designed to keep blood flowing through the muscles. And so mm -hmm. something like the kettlebell swing can be a kind of corrective for that kind of, uh, what would you say, that kind of lifestyle? Um, cause you know, my, my dad, for example, has a bad back and that's because he has an office job. Um, and I think that's a, that's a very common thing. Therefore something like the kettlebell swing is a great countermeasure to that because it really strengthens your back, really strengthens that posterior chain. Um, and so for that reason, it's functional, you know, it genuinely benefits your health. Uh, it benefits you in the everyday. It means it's easier. It's little things easier to stand up and not, you know, twinge your back like that, mm. you know, little things like that, which when, you know, they add up, you look at how much sort of pain that that might actually cause you really is worth kind of taking that countermeasure against it um beyond that i would say i mean like i said swings and dips that's that's the core that's that's the bedrock um of what everybody should be doing um just because like i said the swing doesn't target the chest that much um therefore you need to do something to kind of supplement that and the dip is the best because you know it's you're hanging your body weight and uh you know uh moving your body around um with your own strength which as i've said already is a very valuable skill to have um and you know that's that's valuable if you needed to again extreme situations if you needed to push something off your body something that falls on you or if you need to you know um if you're in a you know in like a kind of fight situation it's very useful to have that uh, kind of pushing strength that 
pushing ability. And that's what yeah. you get from uh, the push up or the dip. Um, and obviously the swing supplements, you know, that, that strengthens the rest of the body. Yeah. So if you can get your hands on a kettlebell, there's just a few, there's a few moves I'd recommend everyone do. So that's, that's the swing. Uh, the snatch is great. So that's effectively swinging it over your head. Um, just because that will, I mean, that is the best, probably the best exercise you can do to strengthen those little muscles in the shoulder, those stabilizer muscles, which are just as important as the big muscles. It's just as important as the delts, just as important as anything else. Um, because if you don't have those stabilizer muscles, you know, you can have the biggest shoulders in the world. You can have Arnie's shoulders and you can still seriously hurt yourself if you don't have those stabilizer muscles, whether it's, uh, you know, whatever situation you find yourself in. Um, so that's a great one for that. That is also great cardio. You know, you do 10 minutes of snatches and you will be smoked by the end of it. I did that today yeah. and it was brutal. All right. Um, and it's amazing because, I mean, everybody that I have trained with, everybody that I've introduced to kettlebells, they have all said without fail that they would much rather do you know, 10 minutes of snatches, whatever, you know, or, or whatever else, you know, they're feeling that day, then go for a run. Because as much, I mean, I love running. I know you do too, but it's not for everyone because running is a uh, seriously, I mean, it's, it's, it's difficult. It's tough and it sucks. You're sweating. And it takes so long as well. It's, it takes a and long takes, time. Yeah. Yeah, it does. And it's a lot of, it takes a lot of motivation to get up and get those shoes on and get out the door, you know? Yeah. Whereas if you can just swing this kettlebell around for 10 minutes, that's a far more, I mean, I, I, think is a far more fun far more enjoyable and far more just i mean i think that the benefits are actually better than running uh, because they strengthen your cardio and they also strengthen your muscles um so that's another great one that people should do um i would also say just get a get some kind of squat in there um because the kettlebell swing does train legs uh, in a major way but it's always good to have um something that seriously focuses on the legs um and the, you know the goblet squat that's great so you're holding the kettlebell above you above the above the quads like this um up at your chest um and just some you know do some squats like that because that will really that hits basically the whole leg um and again it's not uh it's not an isolation move because if you hold this kettlebell here for you know any length of time biceps are burning shoulders are burning back is tense you know it's 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 again it's a it's a functional movement for that reason because it's and hitting multiple muscles at the same time it definitely feels um, different on your legs as well having the weight out in front of you rather than on, on yeah. your back or on your spine it, it it just it makes it feel different so even if you are doing barbell squats they're a great thing to supplement yeah. them with as well so yeah i definitely recommend well, you got, those. i mean Think about it like this then. So if you're doing a barbell squat over the shoulders, right? The center of mass for that weight is, is here, right? It's in the middle of your neck, basically, at top of your back. If you're doing a, a goblet squat with the kettlebell here, right? The, the center of mass is here. So not only is that above the legs, so that's hitting the quads more, that's hitting just, just hitting the whole leg more. You don't have your whole back to, to support that weight, right? Yeah. You've just got your arms, basically. I mean, your back will be involved because it's pulling back like this but that's i mean it's primarily like i say it's biceps it's it's shoulders um and so again for that reason it's just a far more effective exercise for getting that real strength yeah um because it's not yeah, often so, you're, mean, it's not often you'll be sort of holding something on your shoulders really you're more likely to yeah. think about it like that if you're walking up the stairs holding a box you're not going to have it you know on, on your back like a snail you're going to have it out in front of you as if you're doing a goblet squat so Nice. Yeah, no, that's exactly right. Yeah. yeah. Um, another great one I would recommend on that on that subject actually uh, is the suitcase carry. Uh, so it's similar to a farmer's carry, except you've only got weight loaded on one side. Um, because you know a farmer's carry is great, so that's weight loaded on both sides. You you know you carry that weight around for whatever half a mile maybe. 
but that i mean that doesn't recruit as many muscles it's, it sounds strange it's kind of counterintuitive that if you take less you know less weight it's actually recruiting more muscles um but that farmer's carry that's primarily as a shoulder exercise um you know the uh like lats are kind of activated uh, and it's a leg exercise um whereas the suitcase carry so that's again weight loaded on one side holding it in one hand that recruits this whole side right this whole like the whole of your core on this side is tense and tight because it needs to you know it needs to pull that up even you, you out know, yeah and, yeah yeah even you out keep you stable um and again it's it's recruiting those those stabilizer muscles those little ones that you just can't train with dumbbells or barbells um and so again you know you take that weight in your hand you walk half a mile and you are smoked by the end of that you are done. Hmm. Um, but that's a huge, huge core workout. You know, you, you can forget about, you know, the ab crunches and that sort of thing. Do that and you will, you will get a six pack. I can, I can tell you that. Um, yeah, that's another great one. And, and again, very functional because you will definitely find situations in your life where you're carrying something on one side, whether that's something as simple as, you know, <laughs> taking your shopping home, right. From, 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 like your groceries home because you know like i say i'm a student so i have to do a lot of like grocery shopping and that sort of thing uh and my local supermarket is uh it's about two miles away and so when i'm lugging that heavy bag full of like it's, it's milk eggs and steak basically yeah. when i'm lugging that two miles i'm seriously grateful that i've trained um the muscles that are involved in that because you know I, i've spoken to my housemates before um at, at my uni and they always say they have to you know they have to stop every how you know every 10 meters whatever it is um, and take a rest and I'm just like weak get the kettlebells out yeah yeah I've been suitcase carry so I'm fine <laughs> I was just gonna say I didn't actually know it was the suitcase carry I didn't actually I, I thought it was um just the farmer's carry of one hand or was it what did you say it was again it was a briefcase or suitcase no no it's, it's suitcase and that, suitcase. I mean that's another like that's another the situation where you might use that strength is if you're lugging a heavy suitcase through the airport. It's, again, it's just random situations like that where you get, you, you know, you're grateful that you, you know, put in the hours, you know, in the gym, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Is there any more, any more yeah. you can think of? Um, yeah, I mean, the overhead press, that is always good. Um, the clean, I mean, the clean and press ideally, but, you know, the clean, that's a whole that's the one one hand is swing and then clean and that's a whole other thing uh, but you know just pressing away over your head that's just generally good advice you know uh, because that's very again very useful strength whether that's going to be pushing something that's fallen onto you off of you or pushing somebody off of you or whatever it is that pushing strength the ability to move weight you know above your head and 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 then you know using a pushing motion it's a very valuable skill to have and again you know the beauty of kettlebells is because of uh you know you imagine a dumbbell press overhead right yeah the center of mass of that dumbbell is in the middle of your hand here so when you press that over your head and you hold it over your head um that's your, you know your whole arm is below that it's supporting it it's stabilizing it um and as difficult as that might be it doesn't compare to the kettlebell overhead press because with the kettlebell you've got it loaded like this the center of mass is here right it's behind it's on your wrist effectively which means when you press over your head that weight isn't just supported by your arm it's pulling backwards right and that really recruits those uh you know those again stabilizer muscles i'm going to say that phrase a lot today but it's true you know it really recruits those stabilizer muscles in the shoulder which again are very valuable if you don't want to injure yourself um, and it involves, again, it's forearm, uh, it's grip strength, it's, you know, all the useful stuff that you really are going to use um, in real life, whether it's day to day or whether it's in extreme situations, you will use those skills. Yeah. And also, um, wh when you're doing the uh, clean and press, you're, 
you're almost rotating it because you 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 clean it up to mm-hmm. in front of you and then you rotate it upwards. So it, it are there yeah. benefits to doing it instead of just because with a just regular shoulder press with a with a dumbbell it's just um, you know a straight line. But for for the kettlebell it's up it's a it's a almost a rotation up as well. So yeah, yeah. and I, I do really recommend i'll add one I, I think you mentioned it earlier but the um turkish get up that's one that i've been that's probably the one oh, i've been yeah. doing most since i got my kettlebell and yeah that's huge. just just for jujitsu in itself but for everyday life because um i think you you explain it to me first off but i'll try i'll try my best and feel free to interject but at every point of that movement the the weight is at a different angle in comparison to your body so obviously mm-hmm. it starts off in front of you then it's slightly up diagonally then it's right above your head and there's not a single moment of rest in that whole exercise and i remember when we trained together we trained with quite a big group um a few weeks ago and uh, we did a little uh, little extra challenge added on we did a sit through i believe um on one of the steps sort of closest to the ground and we did uh do you remember we did the prep we did the like the shoulder press at each um at each sort of stage as well at, uh, at each point yeah yeah oh, it was killer yeah. killer and then i think we ended with like uh yeah five like chest presses at the end or something like of each rep so it was yeah. it was it was it was quite a lot and you know it was good the, the rest of the guys managed yeah. to keep up as well that was savage. And yeah, another no, another awesome. thing that I really enjoyed um, was last time we trained together, we did, we started with, um, you know, like, a, what was it? We started with one-handed swings, then we added on um, each yeah. set. We sort of just added on a new movement, um, which is something that yeah. I haven't tried before. But, us, yeah, was, keep, keep it fresh, mm. keep it interesting. I find that I look forward yeah. to kettlebells a lot more. That, that You can you mm. can play around a lot more with them. Um as opposed to just sort of doing the same few exercises for each muscle group. Um, like today I was doing the, you, you have to correct me on the name, but you know, the Pat McNamara, um, you know, through the leg, catch it at one side, oh, through yeah. the leg. I was doing those today as well. Um, yeah. I did some man makers and then those. So there's a lot of different fun ways you can break it down. Um, but yeah, anything, do you, do you have yeah. anything else you want to add on the kettlebells before we move on to, the carnivore diet itself just yeah just uh just touching on what you just said there um like i said kettlebells i really do think that you know everybody that i have have trained with and everybody that i've spoken to about it everybody says it's more fun it's more fun than running it's more fun than getting into the gym and doing half a dozen deadlifts whatever it is it's just more fun and i think that's because there is the kind of it's almost like a rhythmic factor to kettlebells you know if you're doing a swing again not only is it the full body but there's a lot of there's a lot of momentum there you know yeah and there's a lot it's, it's a lot more dynamic than something like a, a bench press for example where you're laying there and you're just up and down up and down there's no you know, acceleration there's no acceleration yeah. with, with with the swings it's it's um there's there's a lot of force behind it there's a lot of explosiveness yeah. and it, uh, it just makes yeah, it more fun yeah, yeah. Um, yeah no it's just it's just so much more enjoyable i find um and i really would you know it's it's so i think it's you know it's it's criminal how uh not i mean unknown is is a bit of an overstatement but people don't use kettlebells you see these you know gym bros whether it's like you know you're going in going into the gym at 16 years old you're you know you're thinking you're going to get after it or you know whether it's older types nobody seems to go for the kettlebells i think you know you and i have talked about this before i think most people they see them and they group them in with like zumba and and yoga 
and that sort of yeah. thing. I always used uh, to think like yoga mums use that. Yeah. They're 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 for like the, you know, the old ladies and stuff like that because that they're they're yeah. the only people I ever really saw using them. I remember yeah. I saw one person doing swings and I thought, why? How, how is he getting a pump from doing that? Because yeah. it's it's momentum. So, so yeah. he's not he's not curling it and he's not pressing it over his head. So how is he how is he gaining yeah. muscle? But um, yeah, yeah I, th- I, I think a lot of it. Yeah, they're they're onto something. They got a gold mine going on, and yeah. I think we, you've definitely tapped into it. Um, mm. No, it is yeah. it is no. strange. Don't that. Well, yeah. yeah, I think. Um, what, what what do you think the reason is for people not using them? Because you we have there are a lot of role models now who, you know, you you think of the likes of Joe Rogan. He's literally got his own like monkey head or gorilla head ones and you know there's a lot of people yeah. that speak about them now so w- why do you think that is why do you think people don't use them hmm. i think it's a few reasons i think one reason is definitely what we just touched on and that is um what people associate it with um because i i mean i'm the same i definitely associate you know i looked at somebody doing kettlebell swings and i thought like what is that doing really what is that doing what muscles mm. is that strengthening um but, you know, I shouldn't, I shouldn't have been so ignorant because they seriously are, you know, they're, a, they're, they're like magic, you know, they're a game changer. Um, so I think that's one reason, you know, there's a, I wouldn't say it's a stigma, but it, there is a certain, um, I don't know, there's a certain something about them that puts like gym bros off of them. Yeah. Um, I think it's also because, you know, with, with those really, functional kettlebell movements whether it's the swing whether it's the uh you know the snatch whatever it is turkish get up um that's not putting peaks on biceps you know that's not your pe- your chest isn't you know puffing up after that um and that's because they're not you know they're not isolation moves and they're not you know the aim of them is to is not to strengthen that one muscle and make it huge um you know i think it, it was pat mack who is a you know huge uh, influence on me pat mack said you know there's three reasons somebody should do a bicep curl one is if you're a professional bodybuilder, it's your job to look huge. It's to your look job. Like that. Yeah. yeah. Two, you're recovering from an injury, which certainly fair enough. Three, you've got no idea what you're doing. You know? And I like yeah. that because that's true. Um, and it is because those, you know, those kettlebell moves, they don't, you don't get that immediate uh, feedback from them. You know, you'll get puffed out, you'll get sweaty, but you're not going to see that pump in the bicep. Not really. Not in the same way as when you do a curl. Um, yeah, I, I would say that's probably, those are the main reasons uh, I'd say. Um, I think it's also partly because, I mean, it, until recently, they didn't get a lot of media coverage. You know, you'd look at like the Schwarzeneggers, you'd look at, you know, professional bodybuilding scene and it is all, it's deadlift, it's bench press, it's bicep curls. You know, it's the standard moves that everybody, even people who don't go to the gym, it's the standard moves that everybody knows, right? Yeah, that's and what I was going to say. You, you never saw, uh, you know, the the old, the greats, the, the Arnolds, you mm. never saw them doing kettlebells, but obviously that's because they were bodybuilders. So they didn't really, yeah. it wasn't really something that they needed, but yeah, yeah. 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 But that's, I mean, that's, you touched on it. Cause the, I mean, the reason that I got into kettlebells in the first place was listening to Joe Rogan talk about them. Um, and, you know, I thought, you know, this guy is a professional, you know, he's been in the industry, he's been in the martial arts industry for his whole life. There's got to be something to it, you know? Yeah. Um, and I'm glad, you know, I'm glad I did start because it's been, like I say, it's a game changer. Uh, and I'm glad that they're getting in, getting a bit more coverage these days. I'm glad they're getting a little bit more popularity. Um, because again, like I say, everybody who I've introduced them to has said that it's so much more enjoyable than any other type of training. 
And so I think there is, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's a great thing that they're getting more popular because I think that it will get more people into fitness, if nothing else. And that can only be a good thing. Yeah. If anything, it's almost like another pathway. It's another pathway, you know, because we, we have friends who d- didn't work out or don't really work out. And they're, it's almost like their gateway into, um, you know, looking a at life. Drug. Yeah. A gateway drug almost. Yeah. Um, uh, that, that does bring up a good point because we, we spoke about Pat Mack and Joe Rogan. Um, who, who do you sort of, wh- where do you get these ideas from? You come, you came to me and said, let's do some man makers and, um, you know, all these other ones. And I remember when you first said you were starting kettlebells, you, you know, you were watching videos and learning about them and stuff. So who, who did you go to? Who did you, who do you base your, um, your training off? Yeah. So it's, I mean, like I said, Joe Rogan, uh, I heard about kettlebells from him. Just, I heard what they were. I heard that he used them. And that got me thinking like, hey, maybe there's something to that. You know, maybe that's worth looking into. Uh, I'm also a huge fan of Jocko Willink um, and he's big on kettlebells um, and he's also huge. So I thought, no, there's got to be, there must be something to it then. Um, And it's just kind of through, I mean, other than that, uh, you know, I I picked up, you know, I bought a set of kettlebells um and i did you know i learned the basics i learned the swing i learned the squat i learned the clean i learned the press etc just from like youtube just from looking it up looking at the form you know literally googling uh you know kettlebell snatch form you know it really is as straightforward as that anyone can do it um you know man makers specifically i I, seriously i'm annoyed that i can't remember his name but uh, i discovered that through um the athlete x guy i don't know if you know yeah but yeah 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 yeah, I saw it um, on, I think it was on one of his pages, one of his, like it might have been his, his Instagram or something. But I saw that and I thought that, that looks like a killer. No. Um, yeah, Athlete and X, he's definitely, he's one of those, he's one of the only, um, you know, traditional fitness YouTubers that I yeah. sort of respect and like, because he, he he knows his yeah, stuff. Yeah, so it's, yeah. that's good. Um, and from there, you know, really the beauty of another, you know, great thing about kettlebells is it's just so easy to chain the moves together because you know it's all about it's all about swinging it's all about moving it around your body through the legs over the head um and it's very easy to chain those things together i mean i've got a couple of things up on my instagram where it's just me literally just like freestyling with a kettlebell you know whether that's like swinging it between the legs in a figure eight up into a snatch over the head um down into a you know a one-handed swing which i then flip you know into the other hand um when you learn those basic moves, when you get them down to a science and you get the form perfect, it becomes very easy to just invent your own, you know, circuits, your own workouts. Um, and that's another great thing about them because there's nothing else you can, there's no other type of equipment that you can do that with. Hmm. No, that is, that is great. Yeah, no, uh, that's something I've been experimenting with, especially today hmm. doing those through the leg uh, figure of eights or um, whatever yeah, they sure. are, just, yeah, just adding, adding, adding up little things, they accumulate and then you start to, you know, make your own sort of routines as well. No, that's Absolutely. great. Yeah, no, that's, that, that, that's good. Um, hopefully you'll keep us updated on any, any new ones you learn. So yeah, I certainly will. Yeah. Yeah. So um, last thing, I say, sorry. sorry, very yeah. quick. Last thing I will say on this is, uh, you know, I've, I've recommended to our friends, for example, that, you know, if they've got very little gym experience, um, starting with a 12 kg kettlebell, that's a very good place to start because um, that allows you that's that's light enough to allow you to get the form correct for each of these moves. Because, I mean, you know, it's it can be easy to injure yourself with kettlebells because you imagine it's this thing that's, you know, the center of mass is all weird and you're moving it above your head and swinging it around. You know, if you're 
if you stumble into it and you just, you know, you're not careful enough, it can be very easy to injure yourself. So a 12 is it's light enough to get it right and it's heavy enough to present a challenge, right? Uh, I mean, if you've got a bit of gym experience, then a 16 is definitely what you should go for. Um, and from there, you just work your way up. I mean, I'm currently looking at uh, a 28 kilogram. That's going to be my next, um, you know, my next one up because I can do, I can do everything with a 24 um, very easily and with good form. Yeah. So start low, get it right, and then think about, you know, moving up in the weight. Um, and you'll find that it's far more rewarding doing it that way. Definitely, because you can get into the trap where you're ego lifting. You, you, yes. I, I can, I, I can overhead press, um, you know, twenty-five kg dumbbells. So I, I need to get a twenty-five kg kettlebell. You'll injure yourself definitely. I, you know, that that was the kind of level that I was at. You know, for barbell exercises, you know, pretty strong, decently strong. But I've I've started with a sixteen, and that's been more than enough for me to get started. Yeah. So definitely recommend. Yeah, that's that's yeah. that's one other thing with kettlebells is that desire to ego lift will disappear because you cannot ego lift with kettlebells. It doesn't work. You know, in, in the gym, you can load up a deadlift at maybe a little bit more than you think you should do. And you can probably pull it off, you know, but you will, you'll screw your back for the next week and you'll, you know, you'll bust up your legs, whatever it is, you know, but ego lifting does not exist in the realm of kettlebells. No, there's no just powering through it. You need to have the technique down. It's all technique. Yep. Yeah. Okay, well, we, we've, we've touched on the equipment, the sneakers, we've touched on kettlebells. So we'll move on to the, the last part, the carnivore diet. This, I thought you were crazy when you first started this. I think I've said a few times, like, you're going to end up hurting yourself. But um, where, did you, where did you hear about this and what made you want to do it? I think, yeah, originally I heard about this through, I, so I'm a huge fan of Jordan Peterson um, and he uh, talked on Joe Rogan about doing this um, just all meat diet. Uh, and when I first heard it, I thought that is the most mental thing I've ever heard, you know? Um, but, you know, he talked about how his daughter um, was the person who introduced him to it um, because she turned to that sort of, that way of eating because she had a lot of health problems. Um, this is Michaela Peterson. Um, and she said that, you know, she had like arthritis, she had depression, she had all these different health problems. And this style of eating cleared most of them up. And I heard that and I thought that has got to be nonsense. That can't yeah. be right. Sure. Yeah. Um, and I mean, at the time I was doing keto, uh, which is obviously far more well-known, far more popular. Um, and, you know, an extremely good way of eating. Um, I'll definitely say that. Um, but I found um, the problem with keto for me was I still had those cravings. I had those cravings for carbs. For me, it's like like pastries, biscuits and this sort of thing. Like I'm not even huge into like chocolate and other sorts of sugars and that sort of thing. But it's just those that it's that bakery food and ice cream. That's huge. Um, and I still most days had cravings for those sorts of foods. Um, and that's a really I mean, you know, you get through it, but it's not really a pleasant thing to have to put up with. Hmm. Um and so I thought, you know, I, I mean, again, I'm at uni, um, I'm buying my own food, I'm cooking for myself. I thought, what is the harm in giving this ridiculous diet a try for two weeks, you know? So I, I finished up the last of my keto food. I finished up my kale and my spinach, which I laugh at now, which I, you know, it's, it sounds condescending, but, you know, I finished up, you know, the last of that stuff. Um, and I went out, I went to Tesco's and I bought some, I bought some steak, I bought some mince, uh, chicken, eggs, uh, you know, some butter, dairy, you know, milk, that sort of thing. 
and I was carrying those bags home and I thought am I am I losing it like am I, am I, have I made a huge mistake here am I going to really hurt myself doing this um but you know I I got it home uh and you know that night I uh I think I had two ribeye steaks that night that first night I had I did the carnival diet um and I remember thinking like you know I, I love steak and that was an enjoyable meal but I don't know if I can do this every day um but you know next day um it was you know eggs for breakfast eggs and bacon for breakfast um and you know I, I love that food so that worked that was fine um and you know from there it was like I say two weeks I did it and by the end of that two weeks I thought this is this is a game changer like this is seriously like it's bizarre what a difference it made because it yeah. shouldn't you know it shouldn't by all like logic it shouldn't do what it does but seriously I was I was you know sleeping better you know I was I was able to you know I was I was rec recovering more quickly I was able to lift heavier you know it sounds too good to be true you know it so that was that was at the two that was at the two week mark yeah two, two week mark. two week mark yeah. you were sleeping better better recovery yeah I, yeah. I assume because it's it's a form of the keto diet so yeah. I assume you weren't crashing as much because you weren't having carbs and sugar no. so that, that was that, huge yeah, those energy wow. levels. That that was a huge one. Because uh, I for that first two weeks, I drink coffee now, um, but I do I did avoid you know caffeine and that sort of thing. I I stuck to it. It was literally just water and animal products, basically. Um, wow. Yeah, nothing else. And salt. That was the uh, that was the seasoning that I that I used. Um, do you have any know, I, any sorry? Do you have any uh, nuts or any fruit at no. all? Or any anything else? Because I know. I've seen GSP is doing the carnival yeah. and he has, you know, nuts and berries and stuff. So there's obviously different mm -hmm. levels to it, but you're, you seem like you're pretty hardcore yeah. on it. So you're just eggs and yeah, meat pretty so much. I did pure carnival for those first two weeks. So I, I did have, you know, when I was doing keto, I did have uh, nuts, uh, not so much berries because obviously there's sugar in those, uh, but you know, a lot of avocado, olives, um, that sort of thing. Uh, but I, you know, finished those up when I finished my, my keto diet um, and I didn't do any, anything other than animal products for those two weeks um and like i said it was a game changer you know it was it was insane the difference it made um because i thought you know i thought i would feel in some way sluggish or maybe a little bit like greasy and gross eating a lot of like really fatty like juicy like meat yeah. um yeah you know I, th I thought my skin would get spotty and that sort of thing just because i was eating so much like fat um but it just didn't happen you know, in my skin, like my skin got better, my hair, you know, my hair and hair and nails, that was a really weird one. Um, they just maybe, I mean, it's entirely possible it was placebo. Um, but this is the whole, you know, the whole, my whole body felt better. You know, oh, my wow. mental health felt better. I was, like I said, sleeping better. And again, it sounds absolutely like some kind of scam. It sounds like a miracle cure that some snake oil salesman would try to sell. Uh, but I really can't stress just what a difference it made. Uh, so after, you know, I stuck on it after those two weeks because I thought, well, I'm, I'm really enjoying this. Um, so I, I see no reason to stop. Um, and well, the big one actually was those cravings went away, which was really weird because you would think by cutting out even more from your diet, you would think you'd crave what you're not having even more. You'd, you'd crave that chocolate, you'd crave that hit of sugar. Um, but those cravings, they disappeared. And I think the reason for that, and, you know, other people have said this as well, the reason for that is the way you eat on the carnivore diet, it always fills you up. You're always full by the end of your meal uh, yeah. and you stay full for ages afterwards. 
Um, whereas, you know, keto, you can, I'm sure you can achieve that. But if you're eating a lot of like kale and like veg and that sort of thing, um, I just don't feel you can achieve that same level of satiety and it won't last for as long. Um, and so I think, you know, like I say, a reason that those cravings disappeared literally in a matter of days uh, is because I was satiated all the time. You know, not overfull, not bloated. I just felt I don't need to eat anymore. Therefore, I'm not craving pastry and biscuits and chocolate and ice cream where I was before. And I think, again, that's probably because I wasn't filling, I wasn't actually filling myself up on keto. So, hey, maybe it was my fault. But still, yeah. the carnival diet, that completely, you know, got rid of that issue. Um, so, yeah, like I yeah. said, I stuck on it after those two weeks. Um, and I have been doing it. I've, I've been doing it um, on and off for the last, what will it have been? seven months seven and a half months um because you know i'm back and forth from uni uh and it's more difficult to eat in that way when i'm at home which is where i am now um although i do tend to stick to it i mean today yeah today i've been pure carnival today uh because i had you know eggs and bacon for breakfast um and i had two steaks for dinner and it was it was tremendous. wow he's um, a man he's a real man it's crazy yeah. to see when you post pictures of your breakfast and it's like eight burgers it's just wow i i, yeah. I don't know if i could do that personally but yeah, that's, well, that is that is amazing well one other thing this diet has taught me is uh you know <laughs> it might sound silly but there's no reason to restrict what you eat to different times of the day you know i'll eat like a 12 egg omelet for you know at eight o'clock at night and maybe, you know maybe that's more normal than eating eight burgers for breakfast yeah but uh <laughs> you know um, you really get used to just eating, you know, you look in the, like, cause I, I don't plan what I'm going to eat during the day. I look in the fridge and I think I'll have that today. You know, I'll have a chicken breast at mm. nine in the morning. And so uh, you do, you you're, you're effectively doing intuitive eating then. That's what you're telling me. Intuitive eating. That's what, you're that's what it sounds like to me. That, that, that's what it sounds like to me. If you just look in the fridge and eat what you want. Do sure. you, you, do you have that. a, I mean, I do, uh, you, do you have a goal? That you that you need to hit do you have a calorie goal or a protein goal or i do yeah i, I tend to shoot for about three thousand calories a day uh and about 200 grams of protein um and then you know the rest is fat um and that's just because you know i'm, I'm about 180 pounds you know you should be eating uh, a gram of protein per pound of body fat every day uh more if you're working out and obviously i i, I work out quite a bit and those kettlebells you know you need to fuel that seriously because it's uh you know it's ca it's cardio as much as it is strength training so you seriously need to need to fuel that so i'm yeah looking at maybe three thousand calories a day um which on this diet really it's not that much food really um because you imagine you know meat is very um calorie dense because there's a lot of fat in there fat is nine grams uh nine uh calories per gram um so you know it's much easier to get that much uh that many calories on this diet as opposed to something like maybe keto um so yeah and i, I use a calorie counting app just because it makes everything easier um uh, I can't remember what it's even called. I think it's called Food Noms. That's the one I use. Uh, yeah, but that's just been the one that I found that's had the most, uh, it's just the most kind of bare bones, like easy to use one. Uh, I tried that, um, my fitness pal for a while. Oh, uh, I just didn't like yeah. it. Um, yeah. But yeah, so, you know, I do have goals. I do, I do, uh, you know, I shoot to like, you know, um, yeah, eat as much as I said. Um, Cause you know, it is at the end of the day it's important to get what you need um and you know yeah counting those calories makes that easier no i i definitely agree is is there 
have you done your research in terms of longevity with having that is, is this something that you're going to be doing for your whole life or is it something that people generally uh, you know come in and out of is it you know you plan on doing this for the rest of your life basically well it's certainly something i plan on continuing for the foreseeable future at least definitely at least until i leave university um so that's the next couple of years um but you know in terms of longevity there's not that many examples of people uh doing this diet for extended periods of time i mean uh, a guy i'm a huge fan of sean baker he's been doing it for several years now he's one of the main proponents of this diet uh, he's been doing it for several years and he is, I mean, he's a monster. He's jacked. He's huge. Uh, and by all accounts, very healthy. You know, he does, he gets his blood work done uh, and, you know, his blood lipid levels and that sort of thing are all very normal, you know, very healthy within a healthy range. Because, um, you know, I, I bet you can, you can imagine people all the time, they talk, they ask me, you know, aren't you worried you're going to have a heart attack? Aren't you worried you're going to, you know, whatever it is, too much, too much cholesterol, this sort of yeah, thing. Yeah. Um and generally the reason people get funny about this diet is because there's a lot of uh, misconceptions um, about what it is you actually need to eat, what you should eat and what's healthy and what isn't. Um, because for example, you know, for a long time, margarine and vegetable oils were promoted as healthy alternatives to animal fats, you know, butter and lard and that sort of thing. Um, and there's been a lot you know, there's a wealth of research that shows, you know, now that those like industrial, like seed and vegetable oils, they are possibly the worst food for you in existence. They are terrible for you. The human digestive system is not built to, 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 to process and digest, you know, industrially produced seed oils. You know, humans, for the, for the millions of years of human existence, we've been eating, you know, we've been eating meat. Yeah. And we haven't been eating, we haven't been eating margarine. Um, and so, you know, that, and, and those, those oils, they cause a lot of inflammation in the gut, which can lead to all sorts of other health problems that can lead to, you know, it's amazing. Uh, the gut health of your gut has such a wide ranging and, and far reaching impact on um, your health overall. I mean, it affects, it affects your dopamine and serotonin levels. You know, those, those being the happy chemicals, you know, if you have a really unhealthy gut, then it's likely you will have all sorts of mental health problems um, just because they have such an impact on, you know, um, those chemicals. Um, sorry, I've gone off on a huge tangent here. No, carry um, on. No, it's, it's really interesting. Carry on. Yeah, no, but anyway, my point was going to be, um, I certainly plan on eating in a, uh, you know, uh, Paul Saladino, who's another carnival diet, um, you know, proponent, um, he calls it a species appropriate diet. So that's the diet that, the human body has you know eaten for the last you know for the however many millions of years that we've existed for um and that you know because that just seems to be the sensible thing to do because if your body isn't you know your body isn't built to process a lot of the foods that we eat in in the modern world it's not built to process refined carbs it's not built to process sugar seed oils you know whatever it is you know generally the foods that taste the best unfortunately um because and, you know and they cause like i say all sorts of wide-reaching wide-ranging health problems from inflammation to you know um th these these uh, seed oils they're carcinogens you know they raise your risk of cancer um and that's another one that's another line that gets touted is red meat causes cancer uh and the research that you know people are referring to when they talk about that is really poor you know you really should look into these things um because you will find that 
a lot of the narratives around food and i'm starting to sound a little bit like uh you know a little bit alex jones but uh you know the narrative around yeah yeah the narrative around food a lot of them exist to uh well either they are just wrong or they exist to prop up certain industries certain businesses i mean you know the food pyramid in america was uh invented by the agricultural committee what has the agricultural committee got to do with diet yeah. And you've got to think there's a vested interest there in selling more, you know, whatever it is, you know, wheat and, and, and vegetables and that sort of thing. All things that aren't necessarily great for you. Um, so, so you, anyway. sorry, yeah, you finish, finish your point and then I'll, I'll ask another question. Yeah. I was just going to say, so on the point of longevity, uh, it seems to me that there is, you know, very good evidence to suggest that eating in a species appropriate way, whatever form that may take, whether it is the carnivore diet or something closer to paleo, maybe introducing some, some berries and some, uh, you know, some, uh, like, you know, avocado, that kind of thing, um, fairly inoffensive, uh, plant foods, um, or whether it's just sticking purely to the animal products, um, which is what I'm doing at the moment. I eat a lot of, uh, like liver, that sort of thing. Um, that's where I get a lot of my minerals and vitamins from, because uh, that is, you know, it's important. Um, but, you know, um, I certainly plan on sticking to this way of eating for at least the foreseeable future, you know, um, and I'll see how I go, you know. Nice. Well, yeah, I'm sure I'm sure you'll keep us updated. You 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 uh, you quoted someone about um, having a, a species specific diet. So. Mm-hmm do do you believe and do other people believe who you know are advocates of the carnivore diet do they believe that there is a place for vegetable at all or fruit or nut or is there you know have you have you done research into reasons why they don't fit into that diet yeah well i mean it kind of it varies on you know person to, from person to person because uh you know somebody like sean baker who i mentioned already he literally just eats like steak and eggs and that's a, that's pretty much it uh whereas somebody like paul saladino who was uh you know the guy who said about a species appropriate diet um he in his recommendations to people he does say you know maybe include some again avocado olives are good uh berries like a few nuts not too many because nuts can be like inflammatory um you know there's a reason that nut allergies are so common um you know, but uh, it, like I say, it varies from person to person because um, there certainly is a place for certain plant foods. There certainly is. It would, it would be stupid to say that all plant foods are, you know, either unhealthy or, you know, whatever it is, because you get some and you get carnivore people who are just as bad as like vegans. You know, yeah. they're, they're just as tribal and religious about the diet as vegans are. Um, and they're, they're as wrong as vegans because there is, you know, people, people's bodies are built so differently that there is no one, there is no one size fits all solution. There is no one perfect, um, you know, diet that would fit everybody. Um, and so, you know, I mean, like, look at the way you and I, eat. you eat on a, a pretty much a pescatarian diet and that yeah. works perfectly for you. I eat on a carnivore diet and that works perfectly for me. Um, yeah. but here, but, here yeah. we are, we can have an adult conversation about it and agree that, you know, our bodies are different. Uh, the yeah. The carnivore diet may well work for me, but it's it's nothing against the pescatarian or you know oh. vegan. It's just that, of course, you know you're used to eating like you are. I'm used to eating like I am. Um, yeah. I'm definitely like the healthiest I've ever been. Um, mm. You know, the leanest I've ever been. 
Um, yeah. So I, I don't see any reason. <laughs> so am I. Yeah. So it's just, yeah. like, what are we going to do about it? We can't, yeah. <laughs> we need to differentiate somehow, but it's just like, yeah. there can be more than one right answer. Um, yeah. no, and I think, especially in the health and fitness industry, there's always a, there always seems to be like a blanket sort of, um, you know, a blanket, uh, prescription to people that yeah. is given to people or or you know a one size fits all kind of approach they just say oh you need to just don't eat carbs and you'll be fine or don't eat yeah. red meat and you'll be no, fine that's, and it's yeah that's really wrong. Mm, yeah yeah see on that on that point actually um very recently i've uh, been eating honey which you know some like paul saladino for example he says that uh you know that's that's counts as an animal product basically it's not a plant um so you know that's that's fine that's appropriate for the carnival diet uh, and I have found that, you know, it hasn't made a difference in either direction. It hasn't made me feel better. It hasn't made me feel worse. Um, and it is nice just to have that little, you know, I generally have a little bit of honey, like at the end of the day. Um, so I'm in ketosis for most of the day. So no carbs. Um, but, you know, end of the day, a little spoonful of honey, just as like a treat, basically. Um, yeah, something to look forward you know. to. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And it's nice. You know, it is nice to have that. A uh, little bit of variation in there. As much as I do enjoy, you know, the steak and the eggs and the chicken every day, and I really do enjoy it. It is nice to have that little, you know, that, that little treat in there once in a while. Yeah, um, no, you definitely got to break it up like that because it's about being able to do it for a long amount of time as well. If you start yeah. um, limiting yourself too much, if you say, "Oh, no carbs, no, uh, you know, no fruit, no veg," and you need to get this certain amount of calories, then you'll never you're never going to do that for a long time unless you're some kind of superhuman who has, um, you know, amazing willpower. You're never going to be able to keep that up. So it's about having little treats and little things that you're allowed along the way, I think is a good balance to have. And it, it will probably help you in the long run, you know, yeah. to keep it up for a longer amount of time. Yeah. And as you, as you well know, I will take a cheat day every now and then. And yeah. when I take a cheat day, I take a cheat day. We take cheat days, don't we? We know how to take a yeah. cheat day. Yeah. We certainly do. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I think you know, that's that's because you know somebody like Jordan Peterson, for example, he said that um, you know the moment he eats something that isn't meat, he has like serious problems. He can't sleep at night. He feels anxiety, depression, you know, all manner of things, which I absolutely believe is the case. You know, I believe that is that he is telling the truth on that. Um, I fortunately haven't had you know as severe uh, an experience as he has. Um, and so I can, you know, every, you know, every now and then, every few weeks, every few months, whenever it is, I can take a cheat day. I can eat a pizza. You know, I'm not, I'm not, you know, religious about this diet. I'm not completely every day without fail committed to it. Um, and that is because I do have, you know, the, the privilege of not having these terrible health problems that other people who have gone to this diet as a solution have, you know, hmm. um, I suppose one other, one other point I did want to make on this subject was, um, you know, uh, people shouldn't be under the impression that there is any food that is perfect for you. You know, there is no, there is no food that is perfectly healthy. And that applies to vegetables as much as it does anything else. Because people assume that, you know, if something is green and if something is, you know, if they've been told that this thing is, you know, a superfood, if it's insanely healthy, um, that it is, you know, there's, there's nothing wrong with it. But, you know, with a lot of vegetables, especially, uh, you know, leafy greens, kale and spinach and that sort of thing, there's a lot in there that is genuinely harmful, you know, um, yeah. and people don't talk about that because it isn't, it's not fashionable to talk about that. Um, but, you know, you imagine, you know, just, and again, we're going off on a tangent, but you imagine uh, a plant, you know, 
not that a plant is obviously conscious in any way, but evolutionarily speaking, a plant has, there is no benefit to a plant in you eating a plant's leaves because that plant relies on those leaves for photosynthesis. That's how it eats. You know, that's how it survives. That's how it gets its energy. Yeah. Therefore it, you know, a plant is rooted to the ground, you know, um, an animal, it can run away. It can fight you with teeth and it can fight you with claws, but a plant is rooted to the ground and it can't defend you in that, uh, you know, very physical way. Um, therefore plants, um, through, again, through evolution across millions of years have developed defense mechanisms, um, in the form of chemicals, which, you know, you would expect because if you went out into the woods and you tried eating any of the plants just off the floor, if you did that for an hour, you would be very unwell. Yeah. You'd be very ill. And that's because something like, you know, in the order of 98%, something like that of plant foods are inedible because the human body is not built to process them because they contain these chemicals uh, that act as defense mechanisms to deter animals like us. Stop us from it. Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah, makes it sense. makes sense. Yeah. No. You know. Yeah. But, and, and the same, you know, be under no illusion that the same is true for the plants that, you know, that are, you know, stacking the, sh the shelves on the supermarkets. You know, they're not perfect foods. They're not superfoods. They're not amazing for you. They have yeah. negatives. And for some people, those negatives are tolerable. Um, for yourself, I imagine that's the case. Yeah. But for other people, like, again, the, the Jordan Petersons, they, you know, they cause inflammation of the gut, which then leads to mental and physical health problems. Um, because again, we're all built so differently. You cannot just say, that vegetables are healthy for everyone. You can't just say leafy greens are what you should be eating if you want to lose weight and get healthy because it's just not true, you know? Mm. Um, yeah, no, people definitely why... think about greens and stuff. They think they can just eat as much as they want. So I think that that's definitely what the media has been feeding people as well is, you know, eat vegetables, vegetables, vegetables. And it's, you need to understand that everything is about balance every every single food yes. meat fish vegetables everything's about balance sugar even i was under the impression that it wasn't the same for fruit because their evolution was to have the berries on the on the fruit and then as animals you know pick them up and they ate them and move them around they would they would you know be able to repopulate and reproduce so is that sort of um you know the chemicals that are in vegetables that you're talking about does, does that cover fruit as well or is that something that you're unaware of no what you said is exactly right because the way that um you know fruit bearing plants reproduce is spot on they you know an animal will eat the fruit which contains the seeds um as we all know that's what defines a fruit is if it has seeds um it will then you know it will excrete that food um elsewhere and the seeds will grow and and like you say they will that's how they reproduce um, and so that's why you will see um, the GSPs, um, they will eat, you know, berries and that sort of thing, certain fruits, um, which are, you know, um, they don't contain these um, inflammatory uh, chemicals, because they, again, want to be eaten, you know, because it's evolutionarily beneficial for the plant to have those berries or whatever it is be eaten. Um, and, you know, that's also why fruit tastes sweet. You know, that's why we're attracted to sugar. That's why we're attracted to sweet foods is because um, that's an incentive to eat those foods. Um, and so it's a kind of, you know, it's very much a reciprocal kind of relationship between the plant and the animal because the plant, you know, the plant is allowed to reproduce. It gets its seeds moved elsewhere and the animal gets a nice sweet treat. Yeah, no, that, yeah. That, that, that makes a lot of sense. Uh, yeah, it's yeah, really- There's something, there's something really, beautiful about that. Yeah, it, it really is. It, yeah. it really does make you question the existence of God, you know? how 
Oh yeah, wow, almost, we're getting into that. <laughs> <laughs> it's almost maybe not today. Maybe it's, we're we're probably running low on time for that. We'll yeah. need a good like six hour um, session. Oh, to, yeah. to get through that. But I haven't got any more questions. I don't know if there's anything else you want to uh, leave it on or discuss or anything else you want to add in. And before we wrap I it up, it's just yeah, just a closing remark on the carnival diet. It would be you know I'm I'm not obviously I'm not a doctor or anything, so I wouldn't I wouldn't. Um, recommend this diet without a lot of qualifiers because as we've talked about everybody's different everybody's built differently um, and everybody will react to different foods in different ways um and so you know if you want to give it a try i would say two weeks two weeks is a great that's that's a long enough time to get a feel for the diet that's a long enough time for your body to adapt to the diet um but it's a short enough time to not do any you know not do yourself any harm really um because you know people people are very skeptical of this diet but i would say just give it a try see how it makes you feel uh, because you can make no mistake you can get everything you need from this diet you can get every you know you can get every macronutrient every micronutrient you can get everything from this um admittedly that may require you to eat foods that other people might uh raise their eyebrows up whether that's i mean for me that's that's raw beef liver that's a big one that's oh, one that man. makes people feel real weird yeah um but, you know it's it's just it you do what you do and uh, you need to you need to learn learn your body and learn what works for you um because if you do that you will find that seriously your life improves drastically if you eat in a way that is appropriate for your body you will feel so much better you'll wake up stronger you'll wake up more clear-headed throughout the day you'll have more energy you'll feel better in every way and that's probably all i've got to say um, yeah you know, well, it's a great diet don't listen to the media don't listen to what they tell you <laughs> yeah definitely the, the the through line is to do your own research i'd say we could both agree on is yeah. don't just get told something and just take it as a fact do your own research yeah, we're, right. we're not calling people liars but it, it, different things work for different people so if you hadn't come across jordan peterson and the issues that he was having or, or his daughter um, or, or other people you know you'll you wouldn't have even thought to try it and this could potentially be saving your life like if, if you not if you weren't doing it you could have certain issues or be not as healthy as you are now um so definitely knowledge is key um but don't just jump into obviously you said do the do the couple weeks I, I i'm probably going to try it at some point it's something that i definitely want to tick off just to you know cover all bases and make sure i'm definitely doing what feels best for me um mm. So you definitely convinced me there, but there seemed to be a lot of benefits. And I think that was a really well explained and sort of good overview without being totally biased towards, um, <laughs> totally biased towards uh, the carnival diet. So um, yeah, I think that's, that's everything we have time for today. Obviously me and you, we, we could talk for hours about this stuff. I'm sure um, you'll be uh, on here again. If, if you're, if you're up for that. Um, uh, yeah, I love that just for a part two we, we've covered sort of everything in quite a general sense so we can jump into mm. some some more detailed things or um you know what people uh, what people want to see the most basically um we'll sort of base it off that but um yeah thank you very much for your time thanks for coming on it's been, it's yeah, been fun you. it's been really interesting and i hope yeah, um really yeah i hope everyone sort of learned something from that i'm sure they did so um yeah no thank you for thanks for sticking around yeah no worries follow at kettlebell.carnivore on instagram that's me and uh jack thank you very much for this it's been great no that's good thank you very much see you in a bit
See you in a bit.